Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Inside the Studio of 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today is one of the brightest lights on the country scene. He scaled the charts with Take Back Home Girl and I Don't Know About You, and the platinum seller he wrote for his wife, Lauren Bushnell, Big Big Plans, has served as the soundtrack to love-struck couples across the globe. He had a huge summer with the success of Fill Them Boots, and he's shaping up to have an even bigger winner with his new track, Stop Coming Over, and a new tour on the horizon, too. It kicks off on January 13th at the House of Blues in my hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. I'm so happy to welcome Mr. Chris Lane. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So many things I want to talk to you about, but I want to start with your brand new song, Stop Coming Over, which I love because when I first heard the title, I thought, oh man, here's a breakup song if I've ever heard one. (laughs) And then I listened to the words and I was very, very wrong. Tell me the story about that song. Is it based on uh, on a true story for you? Yeah, well, um, long story short, um, some writers at Big Loud, my record label, uh, wrote this song and pitched it to me. And that was the first thing. My, My initial thought was, oh, it's a breakup song. And uh, when I listened to it for the first time and heard the hook of it, when it said, stop coming over and start coming home, I was like, I have to record that song. It's, it, it, I feel like for me, it's uh, in a way, I don't know about you, 2.0. It has a very <laughs> similar very similar sound and style of vocal on it um, that I was able to throw on it. So, yeah, I loved everything about the song. I feel like it was very uh, catchy and clever songwriting. Oh, it's such a great track. I gotta say, I love the guitars on it, too. It sounds like an old Roy Orbison track or something. I love what you, what you guys did with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joey Moy, my producer, uh, always 
knows how to find a way to take a song to the next level. And I really do love those guitars as well. I can't wait to play that song live. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got so many great new songs to, you know, to bring to folks. I mean, you had a huge song over the summer, Fill Them Boots. It's interesting to me that you had that song kicking around for quite some time, like I think over two years. Can you tell me a little bit about how that song came to be? Yeah. Uh, so Fill Them Boots was a song that I wrote out on the road. Now, uh, I have not had a ton of writers out on the road with me um, up until that point. It may have been the first weekend I'd ever had writers out on the road. So three of my favorite uh, guys here in town, Ernest, Josh Miller, Mark Trussell, um, came out, rode the bus with me. And uh, we ended up writing this song late night, one night after a show, uh, I believe in Michigan. And um, just a just a song title that I'd had in my phone for quite some time. And uh, we kind of started freestyling around a little bit. And, and that one stuck in the room. And uh, yeah, we wrote it that night. And I, I sat on it for two years and never got tired of the demo. So I figured it was probably time to record that thing. <laughs> Do you get inspired on the road? Like, I know that's pro there's probably a lot of, you talk to a lot of artists and they say that going on tour, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Do you like get a lot of ideas for songs and, you know, hum things in your voice notes on your phone and stuff like that a lot? Is it an inspiring time for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, I think for me, what I've liked about the process of writing out on the road is uh, I tend to work well after the show. I don't know why that is, but you come off stage and uh, you're just super pumped up because the crowd was incredible. They were singing along to your songs. And I think it's, uh, it gives you that desire to want to sit down and try to write the next uh, one that they'll sing along to. And, and so maybe it's just an inspiring moment walking off the stage and, and, uh, and writing in that moment, even though you're kind of exhausted, you're out of breath, all that kind of stuff. I, I've had a good time doing it. I feel like I've had some luck uh, doing that. That's so interesting. I've never heard anyone say that, but that makes total sense. You got the adrenaline going and you, you want to recapture that desire to, to connect with people like you just had. That's amazing. Yep. You mentioned uh, Joey Moy earlier. Uh, I mean, he has an amazing track record working with folks like Florida Georgia Line, Nickelback, so many people. Uh, what does he bring to the table? What, what's your working relationship like with him? Uh, working relationship, we've been working together for... Uh, probably six years now. Um, he's the only producer I've ever had. Um, my first producer here in town. And uh, that, that was honestly a big reason that I signed here at Big Loud early on. And just with the production uh, management and, and uh, publishing deal, I, I signed all at the same time, but he was a big part of that. Uh, and he had just had massive success with Florida Georgia Line. I really loved what he had done with... Uh, with them. And I thought, man, if I have the opportunity to work with him, I absolutely have to take that. And, and, and so I did. And I feel like it's been the best decision uh, I could have ever made for my career. You know, now he's got a whole slew of artists under Morgan Wallen, Hardy, you know, all these guys who are, who are really popping off right now. So uh, yeah, I feel lucky to have him as my producer. I feel like he always knows how to take uh, songs to the next level. And uh, we work, really well together he knows how to push me to get to get the best uh to get the best out of me oh I, I love what you guys do together i love the song from uh i think it was from earlier this summer summer job money uh that song i mean just the message behind the story in it really takes me back tell me a, bit, a little bit about that song 
Yeah, I think you you nailed it there. It does the same exact thing for me. It takes me back to uh, to high school. I mean, for me, I actually worked uh, as a landscaper for my summer job, and and you, you did it so you could take your girlfriend out on the date or, or whoever it may be. And um, yeah, it feels nostalgic. I've been a huge fan of Kenny Chesney for so long, and I feel like he is the king of these style songs. And I heard that song for the first time and knew I, I had to record it because it, it did a very similar thing that Kenny Chesney songs do for me. It, it kind of takes you to a certain point in your life and, and some great memories that you've had. And, and hopefully it's done that for others as well. Oh, totally. You know, it reminds me of that old rock and roll song, uh, Summertime Blues by Eddie Cochran about a guy working all summer just to try to earn some money. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's got that as a great old track. I thought this was a really cool, like, kind of update of it in a way. Yeah, it takes me back to my landscaping days, man. I don't necessarily <laughs> miss them, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, the video has that, too. You step out of the, the truck with uh, with Lane Lawn Care on it. I mean, oh, I, yeah. that's, it's it's so cool. that I love that you had that personal touch in the uh, in the video there. Yeah, I felt like I had to. It would have been a missed opportunity not to do that. And and my dad's still running Lane and Sons Landscaping there in Kernersville, North Carolina. No way! Oh, I didn't realize that. Still running it, man. I feel like uh, I feel like I've got to get back there one day and just run out there and help them strike some yards up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Oh man, I mean, it's it's crazy to think of being about. All, all the different paths your life could have taken. I mean, working at, you know, your, your, your folks' lawn care company. I know you were an athlete in college on the baseball team at UNC Charlotte. At what point did you know that, that music was going to be the, you know, the, the, the direction in your life? Man, I would say I discovered it super late in my, uh, super late in my life. I wish I had learned how to play the guitar as, as a kid and, and stuck with it, all that kind of stuff. But that just was not the case for me. I didn't really sing my entire life. None of that. I played sports, football, baseball, basketball. Um, every day of my life, I feel like as a kid, all the way through high school and college and, and then played baseball there in college. And, you know, I think my real dream at the time was to go play professional baseball. That's what I had worked for, you know, ever since I was a kid. And that's what I wanted. Um but then it ended up not happening. I have an identical twin brother that also played with me and, and, you know, he had the opportunity to move on and play, decided not to do so, but I did not have the opportunity. So uh, my last semester of college, I had to go back for a half semester to finish right after my four years of baseball. And that's when I started learning how to play the guitar just for fun. And when I got good enough at playing the guitar, I started trying to sing and I'd sit there and play all those Jason Aldean, Eric Church, uh, Kenny Chesney, I mean, you name it, I would i would learn it and play it. And then I would go up to this place called Boardwalk Billy's there in Charlotte, North Carolina, just right up uh, behind you and see Charlotte. And they'd do a college, uh, a college night there, and it would be an open mic. And I would j- jump up there and play two or three songs, and people always encouraged me. They would be like, man, I really like what you do. Uh, I feel like you're really good all that kind of stuff. And so it encouraged me to keep trying really hard. And I developed a passion for music um, that I never had uh, with baseball. And, and, and again, baseball was my dream. So I worked really hard at the music, uh, started a cover band in North Carolina after I graduated. Um, my twin brother started learning how to play the drums just for fun. And uh, it's crazy. Here we are all these years later, uh, 
still getting to play music together. And, and now we're out on the road, um, you know, touring with some of my favorite artists of all time. It's been it's been quite the ride <laughs> so far. But yeah, a couple of years into being a cover band, two or three years, I decided, you know what? I was able to start selling out all these uh, big clubs that national acts from Nashville would come down. And, and sometimes they would not sell my hometown club out. So uh, I started branching out into Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, as well as uh, playing a lot in North Carolina still. And that's how I ended up getting discovered. And, and people from Nashville, record labels, uh, started flying out to watch me play. And, and I ended up with a record deal on the table. And, and here I am now with my sixth song on the radio. It's pretty crazy. <sighs> Oh man. At, at what point did you move from, from primarily doing, you know, cover songs and other people's songs to, uh, to writing your own? I mean, that's, that's a, a big jump for any artist. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say probably two years into being a cover band. Um, I started trying to write my own music. Now I, I didn't know where to begin. I'd never tried writing a song before. Didn't even know how to write a song, but, uh, I just thought, okay, what would Kenny Chesney say? You know, it's not one of my favorite artists or what would Keith Urban say or, or how would they, I would listen to one of their songs and, and, and just try to put the pieces together on how to write my own song. And, and that's what I did early on. I'd sit there and write by myself. I put out a little self uh, made record that was really terrible back in the day. It was under Chris Lane band. That was my name back then. Um, I didn't put much thought into that as I, I had no idea one day, down the road, I would end up with a record deal. But uh, I think the encouraging part for me was to see people showing up night after night and they would sing those terrible songs that I would write. And uh, yeah, just it created a hunger in me, man, to keep writing. And then uh, when I got to Nashville, I started getting into the room uh, with guys who have had tons of number ones who actually know how to write songs. And I really started learning from there on uh, how to really write a song. Um, and, and, and that was huge for me from the beginning. So it really took me getting to Nashville to kind of learn from guys who had a clue what was going on and who, who knew how to do that for me to actually learn. But, you know, everybody starts from somewhere and, and I wouldn't trade those songs for the world, even though I go back and listen to them now and crack up. <laughs> <laughs> AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How has the pandemic impacted you creatively? I mean, I know that on one hand, that's, you know, a lot of added stress, but also there's a lot of uh, time that you're able to, you know, not be on the road and and kind of be in one place. And uh, I know you said in some interviews that you've actually written a lot more than you ever have. How has that been for you? Yeah. Um, you know what? It did give me the opportunity to sit down and write a ton of songs and a lot that I'm very excited about and a, and a lot that I probably would have never have written had it not been um, for that. So that's kind of been the silver lining of the pandemic for me. You know, I've missed touring uh, a lot. I feel like I had a great momentum going before COVID hit. Um, and, and, you know, everybody's got to work to get that back. But, um, I, you know, great songs will, will help carry your career for until you want to stop doing it at the end of the day. So, very excited about those songs that I was able to write and, and um, that I'll continue to write. Now, now I'm going to bring writers out on the road a lot uh, when I start touring again. Um, Cause I feel like I've, I've, for whatever reason, I write a little bit better out on the road. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more creative. I think <laughs> here, I, I, here in Nashville, I'll, I'll go in and write. And, and even though I've got some really great songs, you know, now that I have a little boy, I've got to I've got to try to manage my time a little bit better, and I've got to get home um, as quickly as I possibly can to help out. Out on the road, you know, it's just ride all day long if you want, or you can take a break, go play the show, and then come back on the bus and, and ride again at night. But I will say this: early on in my career, um, I did not write a lot of my songs, and a lot of that is my path was different than some of the guys uh, nowadays where they start out as songwriters and become successful at that. 
and then their career pops off. Mine actually happened, I, I guess, when I got here to town and recorded some songs and then got my first song on the radio. Everything happened so quickly that I didn't have the opportunity to sit down and write tons of songs. So I, I relied a lot on outside cuts on my first two records because I wasn't able to sit down and write as much. I was out on a radio tour for 21 straight weeks, but you literally just can't write period point blank because you're gone seven days a week, every day of the week, and then playing shows on the weekends. Um, so now I like, I like the fact that I've been able to have some success. Uh, you get a little bit more time off. You don't have to go play as many shows. You're not out there on a radio tour. So it's given me a chance to sit down and write, uh, tons of songs now and and um i'm feeling better than i ever have with with the whole creative and writing process of thing and this is a question coming from somebody who's never written a song in his life not to get too nitty-gritty but how is that process for you do you hear something in your head and then go to an instrument and try to get it out of you or or do you just sit down with a guitar or piano or whatever you're using and just kind of let your fingers move until you hit something that you like and build it up from there yeah. Or is it a combination? I, I think it's a combination of both. But um, at the end of the day, every song is different. And the way you write it, every song, honestly, it feels different. Um, a lot of times I will have an idea in my head and I'll go to my voice memo on my phone. And and whether it's a melody that I record in there or whether it's an actual idea. And I'll, I'll literally just sit there and talk it out on my phone and say, uh, this is the idea that I want to portray and, and this is the hook that I want to come across. And then I'll start figuring out how to get it there. And sometimes you can't, um, it takes up the getting into the room with other people to say, Hey, I have this idea, play it for them. And then, uh, as a collective group, you figure out what would be the best, uh, what would be the best hook for it. Um, so I, yes, I'll sit there and write songs by myself, but it usually takes getting into the room with at least one more person, if not two people to kind of, uh nail it out and sometimes you don't even get it right in the room i mean my song big big plans we went back in three separate times and finally finished that song um we didn't necessarily have direction on how to finish it and i said you know uh i i do plan on proposing in the next couple months um maybe we could write a proposal into that third verse and i could use it as that and and not knowing in the moment that I'd end up having it as a single. It was never even intended for that. But um, yeah, it's crazy how songs find their way. And, and each song's different when you sit down to write it. I mean, it's got to be crazy for you. I mean, you know, Big Big Plans is a great example. I mean, the song that, that came from, that's such a part of your life, uh, a big part of your life. Uh, with, with your proposal, and then you you watch it take on a life of its own and become, you know, I'm sure there's that song's played at so many weddings now. And, you know, I mean, have you ever had people in the audience of some of your shows proposing in the middle of your show? I mean, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it, but I mean, yeah. what is that like for you to watch that, that kind of blossom like that? I think when you sit down to write music, uh, you want every single time that you sit down and write a song, you want that song to connect in the way that Big Big Plans did. I had no idea that it would because it was such a personal song for me, a personal moment for me. But um, I think the big win is when you write a song that is personal to you and it connects to a lot of people and they take it and turn it into their own story. And that's what really happened with that song. I mean, I think when I was out on my Big Big Plans tour, 
I had at least one proposal every single night and uh, I, I was able to bring people on stage and really watch them go through what I went through when I proposed. I mean, I, I watched guys black out night after night when they get up on stage, forget what they want to say. I was the same way. So I know that feeling, but um, I think that was the coolest part of the whole daggone song was not only did I use it to propose and I have that moment for the rest of my life, but people are taking it and, and making it their own. I feel like Kenny Chesney's the king of that. Like uh, uh, having those kind of songs that connect, whether it's, whether it's don't blink or, or, uh, or many of his other songs, you know, uh, it, it connects in an emotional way and, and takes on a life of its own. You turn it into your own story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
I thought you did a beautiful job uh, for your song for for your at that point uh, unborn son. I ain't even met you yet, uh, which I thought was was profoundly moving. I mean, I'm sure that track's got to mean the world to you. Tell me more about about that song. It's really an incredible yeah, track. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think it uh, it captures the the emotion that uh, as a as a about to be dad in a couple months. I wrote a I wrote that song probably two or three months before Dunton was born, but. Uh, just the emotions that I was going through at the time that I feel like probably most guys or, or even most moms are about to um, experience the nervous, but very excited. You can't wait to meet him. And, and you're just wondering what all these things, what's he going to look like? You know, just all these things. And, and uh, yeah, we sat down, wrote that song and um I knew immediately I, I had to record it, not not for uh, not for a radio single or anything other than that, but just I wanted to record it for for uh, Dutton so that I could play it for him and say, "Hey, this is how your dad was feeling uh, two three months before you were born, and um, I wrote this song for you, and I want you to have it." Kind of thing, you know. I'm just glad that other people can relate to it. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's a song that can carry throughout uh you know a hundred years from now because people are always going to be having babies so that feeling will probably stick around (laughs) yeah i mean and you articulate a lot of things that a lot of people aren't able to with that song too so you know i'm sure a lot of of uh of parents can uh you know not just dads but moms as well can years later you know play that for their their kids and say yeah this is this is what it was like i mean how has becoming a father impacted your your songwriting i mean is it uh, aside from having a lot less sleep how has it uh impacted you creatively um that's a great question i i mean i definitely have a whole new set of inspiration you know being only two years into marriage um, and, and uh, having a boy. I mean, I, I don't know if it brings out a more sensitive side of me um, that, that I didn't experience or couldn't write about before, but um, I would say probably in that way, if I had to guess. Oh, that's a, that's a really great point. I hadn't thought of that. I, uh, I, I have to ask, uh, your son's name is, is, is Dutton. Uh, there, were, there was another uh, uh, name uh, briefly for consideration. Uh, can you tell me uh, what that is? I heard uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone would have been very happy with it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, early on, you know, we, we had, before we even knew we were pregnant, we, we were watching Yellowstone and got really into that show. And uh, my wife said one time, you know, if we ever have a boy, we should name him Dutton. And I was like, oh, I like, like that name. Like, obviously, it's the family's last name, uh, but we thought it could make a good boy's first name. And then I said, I love that. Like, uh, we should just see, keep saying it, you know, over the course of time. And when we find out, if we're ever going to have a baby, then, then, uh, that name will be at the top of the list. And then I said, what about Rambo? And I was honestly very <laughs> serious. And my wife shut that one down really, really fast. So yes, I think Sylvester Stallone would have been, uh, would have been pumped about that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe next son, maybe next yeah, son. We maybe the that. next one for sure. Um, and then, and then Walker was another name that my wife really oh. liked a lot. And, uh, 
So we ended up using both of them for Dutton's name. We just Dutton Walker Lane. That's such a cool name. So the next son, yes. If we have another boy, we'll have to name him. Do uh, Rambo is the middle. Oh name. yeah, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt. Like, I feel like Rambo's tough. You know, he steps up to uh, on the tee box to hit a golf ball. I feel like he's going <laughs> to annihilate it. You know. Oh yeah, it's got the intimidation factor. I mean, right. yeah, Rambo Lane. That is a name right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, you've you've got all these songs that you know connect so strongly with people. Big big plans. Ain't even met you yet, and now you're going back on the road to actually play them in front of people. How does that feel for you after the last you know two years that we've had? That's got to be like, you know, how do you even plan for that? It's got to be like going back to your athlete days and like you know getting prepped for like a marathon or something. Oh yeah. What's it like in the lead up for that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the process now of, of putting my show together and trying to figure out what's songs I actually want to uh, do live outside of the singles. And, um, you know, now that I'm, I'm putting uh, Stop Coming Over out, uh, I'll be able to throw that one in the set and can't wait to hear people sing that one. But I've been working on uh, other new music that I hope to have out in, in the early parts of January as well that uh, I feel like I've got some uh, very exciting music on the way that that hopefully I can't wait to play in the set. But yeah, I can't wait to get back out there and just play to people face to face. I'm I, I'm glad things feel that they're getting back to some bit of normalcy. And you know, I played a lot of shows this summer and and into the early fall. And uh man, the energy from the crowd was was crazy after being cooped up for a year. So I, I can't wait to dive back in and and after having a couple months off here and, and kicking back up in January, getting in front of the fans is is my favorite part is, uh, of being an artist. Oh, man. We can't wait to get you back out there. Oh, Chris, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a, a joy and a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Heck yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.